Jim Clark is in a sour mood as he packs up the last boxes in his office. He looks wistfully at the desk he's called home for all these years. It's 1994, and Clark is a year shy of 50. He's been ousted from Silicon Graphics, the computer manufacturing company he co-founded more than a decade ago. Now, not only is he out of a job, he's been burned by his own investors who showed him the door without a fair exit package. Forget about a golden parachute. Clark feels like he's been pushed off a cliff. On his final day in office, a young SGI colleague gives him a hand and offers some parting sympathy. I'm sorry things shook out this way. I don't need pity. What I need are names of some crack young software engineers. You know any? Well, the first that comes to mind is a guy named Mark Andreessen. You know him? Clark doesn't. Preoccupied by the internal drama at SGI, he hasn't been paying attention to the ins and outs of web browsing. But people in Silicon Valley have. Andreessen's created a web browser that's moved the Internet from the domain of geeks and academics into the mainstream. Here, I'll I'll show you how to download Andreessen's web browser. It's called Mosaic. As the aide leaves, he looks back to see Clark squint at the screen, tentatively clicking around. Clark's company, known as SGI, came up with a process that transformed three-dimensional computer graphics. In the process, the company changed the way everything from cars to jets, buildings to suspension bridges are designed. SGI software enabled users to completely and accurately visualize what they wanted to build. They were a far cry from paper drawings and architectural sketches. And, of course, Hollywood films. SGI was responsible for the special effects in movies, like Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park. I think they'll have that on the tour. Clark's leaving after a bitter fight at SGI. As chairman of the company, he fought with his CEO and his board until they forced him out. Still burning with anger, he vows to start a new venture that will make SGI look like a mere garage hobby. He can't do it alone, though. Now, sitting in his office, Clark marvels at what his colleagues just shown him. The web browser is simple and easy to use. A few minutes later, Clark finds the homepage and resume of Mark Andreessen, the browser's creator. His mind lights up with ideas. Oh, yeah. This wonderkind Andreessen, more than two decades his junior, will provide the ammunition he needs to strike back at SGI. Clark chuckles as he types a now-famous email. Mark, you may not know me, but I'm the founder and former chairman of Silicon Graphics. As you may have read in the press lately, I'm leaving SGI. I plan to form a new company. I would like to discuss the possibility of you joining me. Jim Clark. Clark's short and direct overture to Andreessen is the start of something big. Their partnership marks the beginning of a new era, the launch of a new economy based on the web. It will also take Microsoft completely by surprise, putting the tech behemoth on its heels for now. From Wondery, I'm David Brown, and this is Business Wars.
You're listening to the second episode in our series, Netscape versus Microsoft, the birth of a dot-com giant. In the last episode, two genius university students, Mark Andreessen and Eric Bina, created Mosaic, the world's first user-friendly web browser. Mosaic quickly went viral, but the University of Illinois claimed ownership and credit, leaving Andreessen out in the cold. Revenge can be an effective motivator, though, and Andreessen is about to join forces with Jim Clark, another disgruntled tech whiz. Together, they'll build a new, even more powerful browser. But will it be enough to confront a mega-rich colossal nemesis, the almighty Microsoft? More than a decade before Andreessen and Clark met, Clark was a computer science professor at Stanford. He was a neophyte in the ways of business. That made him easily exploitable. To get SGI off the ground, he sold stakes to venture capitalists in several rounds of financing. He saw these moves as his only choice, but it diluted his equity and control. In turn, his investors brought in a CEO and kicked Clark upstairs to chairman, a largely symbolic position. At the same time, company revenue jumped from millions to billions. When SGI went public, the stock price soared. But with the company transitioning from a scrappy startup to an established player, and Clark butting heads with SGI's executive team, investors booted Clark out the door. He leaves with a $15 million exit package, a fraction of what many of the other executives are worth. Irate, Clark plots his nemesis comeuppance, a hot new company that will make SGI look like a has-been. No question this is a blow to Clark, but if he was going to be ejected, the timing couldn't be better, though he doesn't know it yet. See, Andreessen's also looking to make a big move. After the University of Illinois claimed credit and ownership of his creation, Andreessen packed up and moved to Silicon Valley to try his luck there. And he's about to get a very big break. January 1994. Andreessen restlessly drums his fingers on his kitchen table as he opens his email. Wait, what's this? An email from Jim Clark. The Jim Clark of SGI? Clark wants to work together? Andreessen is stunned. He knows how important Jim Clark is. In college, Andreessen whiled away many happy hours on SGI machines. He responds immediately. The next morning, they meet for breakfast in Palo Alto to plot their future, except they have no idea what to do. Andreessen is bleary-eyed and a bit rumpled-looking. Doesn't matter. All Clark knows is whatever it is, he wants to do it with this brilliant 22-year-old programmer. I'm impressed with Mosaic. The beauty of it is that it's made the web accessible to people by keeping things simple. That means a lot, Jim. No wonder the University of Illinois wanted bragging rights. And they're licensing Mosaic, making millions off it. It doesn't seem right that you don't get a dime. If it were me, I'd want to stick it to them. Andreessen nods. You must feel the same way. But I just want to be done with Mosaic. I'm trying to think ahead. Yeah, we've both got to move on to the next big thing. And the one thing I'm certain of 
is that the internet is going to grow like crazy. If we can get in at the ground level of some internet business, something cheap and simple but necessary, I think we'll have ourselves a very healthy business. This is a vision they both share. The question is, what is that internet business? They spend months at Clark's palatial home in Silicon Valley, sipping wine and tossing out ideas for possible ventures. But Clark grows tired of talking. He wants action. One night, in March 1994, over dinner and a second bottle of Burgundy at Clark's mansion, Andreessen has a change of heart. You know what? Screw it, Jim. The University of Illinois is making a killing off my idea. I came up with Mosaic, and I coded it with my friends, and it's my work. That should be my business. Clark smiles. <laughs> he likes where this is heading. Let's create a Mosaic killer. All we need to do is release a better version of the browser and let it take over. You think you can do that? You think you can outcode yourself? By now, he knows Andreessen well enough to know that he can't resist a challenge like that. Of course. And I'm sure I can line up the original Mosaic team to come on board. Clark pours him another glass of Burgundy and smiles. Andreessen has taken the bait. Well, Mark, what are you waiting for? It might seem like a foregone conclusion that these two geniuses will come up with an amazing browser. But this is by no means a sure thing. And Clark will need to recoup his investment. And unlike Andreessen, Clark is far from a newcomer in the tech industry. If they make a move this big, the whole valley will be watching. Should they fail? Well, Clark doesn't think he could face the humiliation. In the months since Andreessen left for sunny California, life for his friends back in Illinois has become downright gloomy. They've taken to calling management at the University of Illinois Supercomputing Center the Politburo. The students frequently get called to interminable meetings with 40 people and every one seems to outrank them. Andreessen emails his former comrades in code telling them to pack their bags because he and Jim Clark, yes, THE Jim Clark, are teaming up. Hey, look at this. It's from Mark. He's got a new project. Sounds like there's real money behind it. Really? Well, well, I'm in. Time to get the hell out of here. The invitation electrifies them. They're beyond ready to leave the university gulag. The team of university champion coders reassemble in Silicon Valley, and Clark incorporates Mosaic Communications in Mountain View, California. Clark antes up $3 million, about 20% of his net worth, and rents office space. The place is about as uncorporate as you can get. The programmers sit transfixed by their screens, sitting around in t-shirts and underwear and arguing about everything from politics to sports. They lose track of what day it is, in other words, it's your typical Silicon Valley startup. The programmers realize they are part of history at the dawn of a new digital age. They liken themselves to Thomas Edison or Eli Whitney, inventors who revolutionized entire industries. Changing the Internet's accessibility is just as monumental. To become a mass-market product, 
The new browser will have to course over phone lines and into PCs with sluggish modems. Speed and economy are crucial features, since mainstream users are already saddled with slow computers and modems. The programmers use a stopwatch to clock the new browser's download and browsing speed against mosaics. Ready, set, go! And stop! Do we beat our time? <laughs> yeah, it's ten times faster than mosaic! Andreessen is anointed Vice President of Thinking Up Stuff and practically never leaves headquarters. He leads by example, urging his engineers to press on. Summer seeps into fall and the company continues to expand not only its personnel, but the number of products it will offer. Server and security software, an e-commerce application, and of course, the browser, which is the linchpin. Product manager Greg Sands is the one who comes up with the name of the new company, Netscape Communications Corporation. And the browser? It will be known as The Navigator. Fall, 1994, Mountain View, California. The big debate in an early board meeting is over pricing. The head of marketing is from Apple, a company with a traditional business model. Charge premium prices if you can get away with it. Netscape Navigator is so much better than any browser that has come before it by a long shot. People will be willing to pay for it to get online. We have something nobody else does. I say we charge $99 a pop. Andreessen's not having it. That might work for Apple, but it won't work for us. We're not selling anything physical. What are you proposing, Mark? We give it away for free? That's exactly what I'm proposing. If we give it away, we can spread virally and create a huge base. We want to be everywhere. And if we can do that, we'll knock Mosaic right off the web. If we do that, we'll spend a lot of money just to make no money. How does this make sense? There's a model for this. Look at Microsoft. They had an early lead with their operating system and turned it into worldwide dominance of the entire computer industry. The room considers this. Andreessen presses on. So vendors created applications for Microsoft's operating system and ignored the rest. And the rest faded away. Look, it's simple. Market share today equals revenue later. Get it? So you're willing to pay now for profits later? Yep. That's the theory anyway. And no one is feeling the pressure more acutely than Clark, the man fronting the money. We just better hope we can figure out a revenue stream when we do have that market share. Nobody's figured out how to make money off the internet yet. We will, we will. A network has to begin somewhere. And with a network, formidable business opportunities ensue. The web will be the same way. The marketing exec looks unconvinced. Mark, I get that to succeed we have to get this on as many machines as possible. But this is all a pointless exercise if we can't make money off of it. Clark gives Andreessen a look. And Andreessen gets it. He knows he can't just blow off marketing. Finally, they reach a compromise. Andreessen calls it free but not free. They'll give away Netscape Navigator to students and educators and charge everyone else $39. Even then, they offer a 90-day free trial. That wins the day. The engineers press on. Netscape Navigator looks like it will sail past Mosaic. 
not only is it faster, it's more secure and less prone to crashing. And users can create far more complicated web page layouts. But almost as important as all this whiz-bang stuff is the way people will be able to pay for goods and services online. This system will encrypt credit card numbers, and that will be crucial for e-commerce to bloom. It's late on October 13, 1994. The team has tinkered and toiled. The moment of truth has arrived. The public unveiling. Okay, the beta versions of the browser are posted online. Now we wait and watch. A few stomach-churning minutes later, someone in Japan downloads it. A trickle of downloads becomes a stream. Then a geyser. Someone on the Netscape team jerry-rigs an alarm system to keep track. A bell for Macs, a move for PCs, an explosion for the Unix operating system. This quickly turns into a drinking game. The team drinks every time they hear a moo, and mooing is drowning out the rest as the PC version pulls ahead. Within a few hours, 10,000 copies of the browser are downloaded, with virtually no advertising or marketing. From the early numbers on that late and drunken night in October, the team knows Netscape has the world's attention. Their enthusiasm is short-lived, however. The University of Illinois Mosaic team is also in celebration mode. Mosaic continues to spread. It now accounts for 60% of all web traffic, and the university licenses it to companies for $100,000. But the University of Illinois doesn't stop there. It retains lawyers who allege that Andreessen and Clark are infringing on its intellectual property, claiming that Andreessen stole the software he himself created. And university executives aren't the only ones looking to bury Netscape's browser before it gets off the ground. There's another company with the size and funds to launch a competitor and a lucrative strategy, and it's a far cry from Andreessen's hopeful model of give it away for free. That company is Microsoft. Next time on Business Wars, we travel back to 1974. Two nerds make a life-altering phone call that launches the personal computer software revolution. By the mid-90s, the duo, Bill Gates and Paul Allen, have joined forces with Steve Ballmer and head up Microsoft, a multi-billion dollar company. But they won't hang on to their advantage forever. They've entered the browser wars late, and they face an unexpected upstart. From Wondery, this is Business Wars. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a link on the episode notes, and you can tap or swipe over the cover art to find it. You'll also see some offers from our sponsors, and if you'd like to support our show, then we invite you to support them. If you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you could give us a five-star rating, and don't forget to tell your friends how to subscribe, too. There's another way you can support us. Just answer a short survey at Wondery.com survey. And while you're there, don't forget to tell us what business war stories you'd like to hear. 
A quick word about the conversations you've been hearing. We can't know exactly what was said, but this dialogue is based on our best research. I'm your host, David Brown. Adam Pennenberg wrote this story. We were edited by Emily Frost. Karen Lowe is our senior producer and editor. Jenny Lauer is our producer. Sound designed by Bay Area Sound. Our executive producer is Marshall Louie, created by Hernan Lopez. For Wondering.